Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pump Up the Volume, where we look at anything and everything that is affecting the process manufacturing industry. My name is Don Horn, and I'm the editor of Process West and IPPT magazines. Today, we welcome to the show George Filtzis, president of EcoGrid Technologies, and we're looking at making the impossible possible, reducing your carbon footprint while remaining competitive. Hello, George, and welcome to the show. Good day to you. Now, COVID-19 continues to hammer our economy, and companies are struggling to remain not just competitive, but afloat. Even so, Ottawa is determined to push ahead with even tighter carbon emission restrictions on the industry. Can this be done? A couple of points here. Uh, of course it can be done, uh, and kudos to the government to push ahead with the mandates, because it's really the only way we could all stay competitive as a country uh, in the industry and the marketplace. Uh, because the, the rest of the world's pushing forward with their sustainability initiatives. Uh, and kudos to uh, the government and the various levels thereof that help with the programs such as ISO funding their uh, initiatives uh, for energy savings. ISO, for, for example, has done a great job in the marketplace uh, in Ontario, uh, specifically where the uh, utility rates are high. And their funding programs have, have helped industries and commercial, uh, large commercial facilities push ahead with their sustainability uh, initiatives with funding. So it's a push-pull, uh, uh, let's call it. Uh, yes, it could be done, but yeah, we need the help from many layers of government as well. I, I think uh, being so close to the U.S. market, and um, we tend to compare ourselves to the U.S., and many companies uh, have been saying the last few years, Oh, we, we can't be competitive. We can't be competitive. But uh, I mean, certainly uh, what your company is offering uh, can make us competitive. Well, th that's one of the uh, one of the things that these mandates do is, is help the economies of scale because you need to create the demand. Of course, at the very initial stages, yes, it is expensive. When I was uh, first uh, brought into the world of wireless controls, uh, it was quite cost prohibitive but those costs have come down. For example, we put a wireless radio on every single light fixture. That's really the, our MO. That's, that's, our, that's the, the, the lifeblood to our company is the, you know, the advanced controls. And these advanced controls used, used to cost somewhere around $150 per light. That price has come down to say 15, 20 bucks per light. And for 15, 20 bucks, the energy savings inherent to those controls will pay back for those controls, you know, very quickly. So it's almost crazy not to do the advanced controls now, uh, where, you know, f as early as five years ago, it was cost prohibitive. So we need those mandates. We need to create the demand. And uh, it's, uh, it's a critical mass that we need to, 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 to push that green envelope, if you will. And uh, I know for many companies, it all does come down to dollars and cents, or I guess loonies and toonies now. Um, IoT systems have been touted as a solution to reduce the carbon footprint. But like any new system or infrastructure, that means an outlay of capital spending that many companies simply don't have right now. It would seem to be a catch-22 for a lot of manufacturers. But, uh, it, it, can we do this? Well, I think we can, and our company has been proving that pretty much every day when we're in business. I mean, to take the smart LED, for example, uh, it incorporates, like I said earlier, a little wireless radio. I can, uh, uh, I can use that, the data for, that we're using for energy savings to, uh, to, for other systems. 
So uh, let's call it uh, uh, HVAC for that, for example. I can get the data from the, the energy use in, in a particular room and manage VAV boxes in, in uh, HVAC systems. So really, I don't have to reinvent the wheel when we want to uh, incorporate cross-functionality. Uh, and, and it actually, down the road, will save money. It's all about you know doing things the right way. If you if you are doing a, 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 a if you are doing a lighting conversion, you know make sure you put a wireless component to it so that you can connect and future proof your uh, investment for the future. And that's that's the wireless control uh, uh, world, which uh, you can uh, you can do these kinds of things. And I, I think that's probably one of the great advantages of this as well. We're not talking about ripping out entire uh, you know electrical infrastructure. To accommodate this, it's a it's a matter of just um, maybe a little more than tweaking, but really tweaking. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sorry. Wait a minute, Don. I'm sorry if you hear a little baby crying in the background. We just got uh, we just got told that uh, our son's school uh, has no school for two weeks because we had a, an outbreak. So, so we unexpectedly have both kids here today. So uh, if you want to. If you if you heard any crying kids in the background, you can maybe start that question again. <laughs> no, that, that, that's quite all right. Uh, I mean, uh, th this is exactly what we're talking about here. It's COVID, yeah. and everyone's having to adjust and uh, make do. It's um, and and companies are doing this as well too. I mean, uh, it may not be a baby crying, but it may be a chance to uh, uh, maybe uh, shutter for a week or two and and make these uh, upgrades. Yeah, and this is we we've 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 had some successes uh, with with the in terms of sustain uh, sorry uh, accessibility. A lot of companies I thought this would be a really bad year for us, and it turned out pretty good because we've had a lot more access to companies now. They said, "Oh, this is actually a good time for for us to go through the the upgrade because it won't be as intrusive as it normally would have been if we we're full speed." So that that was one I guess plus of COVID, but. Sustainability projects has, has has been on the back burner for all the stake uh, many stakeholders and and companies that put that on the forefront have proven not only have they been uh, successful but they're the only ones surviving especially through these COVID times you see the companies are dropping like flies out there the companies that have had the 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 vision and the discipline to carry that vision forward with sustainability projects have been the ones that are surviving and you know take a look at at uh, even the big industries let's take uh firestone fca we've we've had our fingerprints on some of their projects you know going back in the early 2010s uh and and they're they're not they're not crying right now they're doing perfectly fine so uh you know it, it's all about uh, making that investment now, and, and if you do and make that investment, the earlier you make the investment, sustainability projects are the long game. So they pay dividends, but they need time to do that. So the earlier you do it, the better. That's, uh, uh, I mean, it's maybe a bit trite to say it, like, you know, uh, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade, but this is exactly the point where if, uh, you know, if you are taking a bit of a dip, shut down for a while and uh, make these improvements and take advantage of the situation. Well, you know what? Some you got to be creative at uh, at these times. If, uh, like you said, life gives you lemons. Now, you you know, talk about COVID. Uh, our the digital uh, the digital component to our lighting systems offer uh, contact tracing capabilities. Can you believe that? That none of us, you know, five years ago, uh, even ten years ago, in the in the wireless world, thought 
that it would be possible that the IoT in, uh, infrastructure you know, path would be through the lighting. But today, <laughs> it actually can be. So if you have uh, uh, companies are, are now today uh, with everybody working from home, don't need as much commercial space. And yeah. they, they have what's either call it hoteling or hot desking, things like that. Uh, our lights can actually tell you uh, and position your employees where they need to sit in certain uh, situations uh, through this a very same products that we use to control the energy. So talk about not reinventing the wheel. You're, you're using the wireless connectivity to save energy. You can do it for other things. And that's, that's really what we try to, to, to uh, make folks aware of these days. And uh, that's the challenge out there. It's, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out because there, there are so many advances being made right now that we thought maybe would be 10 years down the road, 15 or 20. And it's, um, just, it's not just working smarter, but having the environment smarter around you to facilitate these things. True. And, uh, and, and, and for us, I think that one of the biggest challenges we face is the stakeholders, our operations uh, managers, uh, who report to, you know, CFOs. So we're talking to C-level folks because we're doing capital projects. And capital projects, you know, need to be planned. There has to be capital budgets in place in order to do that. We've been trying to get around that hurdle by offering, you know, cash positive solutions from day one. And we can do it. We certainly, you know, have proven that. But at the same time, uh, let's call these guys, you know, uh, I think the, 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 the street term for CFOs are bean counters. That, you know, let's call these guys, uh, you know, accountants. They're watching the bottom line for the company and you're coming in there selling them high tech stuff. They, they're, they're, their back goes up. They don't understand it. Uh, they probably never will. And they think you're selling them snake oil. So unless it's tangible proof that they can, you know, something palatable that they can understand and, and, and consume, you're not going to get that project. You're not going to go forward. So it's very difficult getting those types of folks up to speed and, and comfortable with what you're recommending in order to, uh, to go forward. And that's, that's really one of the challenges we face every day. Well, I, I think it's uh, like any new technology that promises cost savings. Uh, the first question is, well, can you show me an example? We have millions of square feet as an example. And, and when, we, uh, when we show folks you know, 95% savings through their lighting, uh, you know, it's the first thing that comes to mind is that it's unbelievable. If it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Yeah, I'm well, sure you've heard a few other choice words. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 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 let's, you know, get the heck out of here is, is maybe <laughs> one of the phrases you hear. But um, uh, yeah, so a good thing about what we're doing, uh, and you know, it, it does off, it does have a little a bit of inherent red tape with it. But because we are, uh, our projects are 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 funded, uh, you know, by local utilities, uh, uh, municipal level, federal level, sometimes uh, there's some scrutiny, and uh, those that those levels of scrutiny offer uh, the client a free third party engineer that takes a look at what is being established out on in on your project and verifies these findings. So for example, every single project that we do, and I said millions of square feet in the industrial space, guess what? Every single square foot of those million square feet of uh, millions of square feet that, that we've, we've um, put out in, in terms of projects, uh, ISO has come in and verified 
these findings. Otherwise, the clients wouldn't get their incentive. So you have ISO engineers going in and you might have to do a measurement and verification. You might have to do some sample uh, testing and sample uh, logging on, on, on certain you know, random places of the building that you've rolled out this uh, project in. But guess what? <laughs> the savings are there. One of the hydro companies came in three times because they couldn't believe it. Uh, their numbers came in higher than what we said. We said it was at 91% and the, their findings were 94%. So uh, yeah, it could be done, Don. Uh, this, is, uh, this is something that, that's, that's happening and, 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 and stakeholders really need to take stock of what's really going on out there. You're listening to Pump Up the Volume, a mm-hmm. podcast that can be found on the IPPT website, www.ippt.ca. Joining us today is George Filsis, president of EcoGrid Technologies. Now, uh, our current government looks to be staying the course on reducing carbon emissions, and the incoming Biden administration in the U.S. is doing a 180 on environmental issues that Donald Trump had all but abandoned and in many ways tried to deconstruct and trash with the idea of promoting economic development in the United States. But that looks like it's going to be changing around and the U.S. is going to be coming more in line with what we're doing here in Canada. Where do you see the process manufacturing sector headed in the years to come with both countries moving in the same direction now? Well, yeah, uh, not to get uh, political, but it's, it's good news for, uh, for us uh, uh, in, the, in the efficiency world that the, the Trump era is coming to an end. Uh, as you mentioned, there was uh, such a, a backward step in terms of sustainability with that administration. So it's it's good to to know that's going to change uh, for the you know for sustainability's sake, uh, if nothing else. The thing is that uh, while uh, the U.S. was pedaling back with with their initiatives, Canada was all the while pushing ahead, which is great. Unfortunately, our economy is so. Uh, dependent on theirs that there's a trickle-down effect so it's it's really good to to know that you know the two countries are going to be working a little bit more in simpatico and that's going to you know lean towards what I mentioned earlier of, of, of the demand needed that needs to be created to get the economies of scale uh, so that these projects aren't going to be as as, as uh, burdensome from a capex expense I mean as for the future Time will tell, I, but I do feel that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the manufacturers that focus on sustainability and efficiencies and, and, and have the, the discipline and resolve to stay the course are the ones that will survive in the long term uh, in, in this economy, uh, especially when the rest of the global economy is, is moving forward with these green initiatives. So uh, the closer we get to net zero the, uh, and the sooner we do that, the sooner you'll see the uh, incremental profits in the industry that'll you know, make this work. And I think that is a very important point to make as well. Is the, um, uh, we are moving towards a global economy and many countries, uh, like the EU, for example, uh, I believe they're going to demand that there is a certain amount of sustainability attached to products that are being created. And I think we're positioning ourselves in a, in a very good place right now. We, we got lucky on, uh, I can't remember, uh, I can't name the, the particular client, but one of their, uh, uh, clients that they do co-packing for is a huge, uh, let's call them, uh, you know, something bucks coffee company. And <laughs> that company, uh, I think that city is having a hockey team coming at some point. Yes, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and good for them. So 
what they do is they call these these uh, efficiency audits on their on their suppliers. So we were able to get uh, awarded a project because of the fact that that particular client made their co-packer follow sustainability initiatives the same ones that they're following. So things like that 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 help this economy, you know, give it that nudge because. You know, if we don't have that, I mean, this—it's just going to take a while. We need to—we need to keep going with these mandates, or else the the, the economies of scales just won't get there. And so we're we're lucky that 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 these things are happening. Uh, did did you expect maybe uh, more companies are going to be coming forward saying, "Oh, by the way, we were just told that a situation just like that happened, where we need to be more uh, eco-friendly, more um, uh, green-minded, and can you help us?" Yeah, ethical audits are happening all the time. Common knowledge companies like IKEA uh, demand it from their uh, supply chain uh, and and ecosystem partners, and that's just one of the companies that are raising the bar. Other companies are following suit, and uh, big companies, Canadian companies, American companies, North American companies are all starting to follow suit and, and, and that's really good news for the whole ecosystem in the efficiency chain. I'd like to thank our guest, George Feltzis, for joining us today and for sharing some valuable tips to keep business going during this pandemic and to be more eco-minded. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, Pump Up the Volume, you can send an email to myself, Don Horn, at d-h-o-r-n-e at ipt.ca and put in the subject line, Pump Up the Volume. Thank you so much, George, for taking part with us today. And thank you for having me, Don. Stay safe, everyone.